1: I'm your host, John Bauer. You can find me on Twitter at the Bauer Club. And, of course, I am joined by Dan LaMagna. That is at FF Coach Dan.
2: What's going on, Dan? Good to see you guys. You know, I'm, I got to get like – I got to get amped up here again, John. I was hoping for a big trade today. You know, I messages. You were preparing the show notes. I was waiting for that big whopper. And, you know, we came out with DeAndre Washington and Isaiah Ford. And I uh, <laughs> was a little disappointed. Uh, and then now I'm stressing. You know, Aaron Jones is, you know, questionable again. My Cowboys might start like Garrett Gilbert, which I do get to plug the XFL. So that makes me a little bit happy, but uh, they're going to get laced by the Steelers. So a little stress, man.
1: I just said I beat both you and Mitch this week in our dynasty leagues, but I I can't even talk crap. Honestly, it has been such a random season. I've had teams lose with 170 points. I've had teams win with 80 something. It has been so random all the injuries, everything going on, and your Cowboys, they're going to get licked by my (laughs) Pittsburgh Steelers, 7-0. Could you believe it?
0: I like how that changes all of a sudden, Dan. Like three weeks ago, I was like, I don't even know who the Steelers are.
2: This is the earliest challenge flag in the history of Dynasty Theory as for Eight weeks, plus the entire preseason, John has been lecturing us about his fantasy teams is more important than his real-life team. And as you're saying, Mitch, you know, Steelers, now they're undefeated. They're playing my Cowboys, and he's the biggest diehard Steeler fan ever. And he pulls out the bus helmet again.
0: I thought he was trying to give away this offseason, but, like, no one wanted it.
1: All right, just Uh. for this episode, the bus helmet (laughs) is staying right there. Uh. Guys, can you believe the Pittsburgh Steelers The 2020-2021 Super Bowl champions, Dak Prescott injured. The Detroit Lions can't win a freaking game. It's absolutely incredible. It's great. I've always been a Steelers fan. I have always said, and you guys know this, Steelers above fantasy in every situation. Okay. Of course, I just, here at Dynasty Theory, I put fantasy first. First. We have a ton of things we want to get through tonight, and I want to thank that there were several people watching live in the group chat. I know I know the election is going on, and I mean, honestly, Mitch, I said we weren't going to talk about it, but I do want to say one thing. This country, I don't know if it's ever been more divided, but here at Dynasty Theory, I can safely say the three of us. We have never talked about politics and that's how it should be within the fantasy community. I really believe that I I I couldn't tell you if Mitch, Dan, if you're up down, left, right, what. We are here to give you the best fantasy advice to help you win championships. I don't care if you're left, right, whatever. We are going to help you win championships and tonight blue red, let's let's go to the red side. The San Francisco 49ers, the red, they're getting smashed with injuries, guys. Dan, Jimmy Garoppolo, high ankle sprain. He's going to miss at least six weeks. What are your thoughts here? How do you think they they do the rest of the year? But also from a dynasty perspective with Jimmy Garoppolo, super flex, two quarterback. What do you think?
2: You know, Mitch, I'm reading the show notes here, and I think it says, kick Dan while he's down as his Cowboys are hurt. And, like, John did a deep dive on my rosters and saw all those Garoppolo-Daka combos I have. Uh, This is tough, man. You know, Jimmy GQ is um, a guy that I was hopeful for. (laughs) I I would like some cheese with my wine. Um, You know, as far as the Jimmy GQ situation there, it's time. Ty- his time in San Francisco, other than last year's Super Bowl run that ended in disappointment, has been injury plagued and an o- and fantasy inconsistent. Uh, you know the fi- the 49ers support and investment in him, coupled with a great offensive mind, provides some hope for the future. But it- I have a big buyer beware in my notes there. And uh, you know I'm scrambling the rosters to see where I have Nick Mullins and where I could get him right now. But I'm not too excited there. That that offense is is struggling a little bit with injuries.
1: Mitch, I posed a question over to you earlier today because I know, you know that I have Jimmy Garoppolo. I have 17 shares of Jimmy Garoppolo, 17, no exaggeration. I'll share the information if you want me to, but I know that you like to troll me a little bit. And can can you, can you admit to that?
0: A little bit, not a lot, just, just enough to piss you off each morning. It's about all I go for.
1: And trust me, that gets me I bitched my wife constantly. Could you believe Mitch said this? She's like, I don't even know what that means. But Jimmy Garoppolo, I have 17 shares. So I pose the question to you. Do you think this injury, do you think it gives him a better chance to be their starting quarterback next year? Less of a chance or it doesn't matter. Even
0: keel. Start off real quick. We have a brand new puppy we picked up yesterday. So if you hear squeaky, like squealing in the background, (laughs) it's because it's, I don't even know what's going on upstairs. The kids, they're really happy right now. I think you have to share a picture of that dog because that is one of the cutest dogs I have ever seen in my life. She, She is pretty cute, without a doubt. But so this is kind of, with Garoppolo going into next year, he's the exact same. And the reason why I say this is because there's at least nine teams that I see who need Or we'll be looking for a quarterback next year. We have Chicago, New England, Denver is is probably an iffy. Indianapolis, Jacksonville, Washington, New Orleans, and the Jets. All of those teams could be looking for one the same way the 49ers could. Are there any quarterbacks on those rosters that the 49ers would rather have? Because they're going to play themselves out of a draft pick. So then you have to look, okay, if they get rid of Garoppolo, who will they bring in over him? I mean, as we've seen in the chat, maybe Sam Darnold. But that, I can't tell you right now, Sam Darnold is better than Garoppolo, and Garoppolo's had three years in the system. And so how I look at it is there's so many teams that we all say, oh, they need to get a new quarterback. There's not enough good quarterbacks out there to fill all these positions next season one thing I want to look at, and
1: we talked about this with Saquon Barkley when he got injured and then Dak Prescott when he got injured. And then we're going to talk about it with uh, George Kittle here in a minute, but I look at Jimmy Garoppolo and I look at the rosters that I have him on. I have 17 shares of Jimmy Garoppolo. You can't move him actually correction. I have 16 shares. I moved him in one league where I packaged him with George Kittle for Matthew Stafford and Keenan Allen, and I have Darren Waller on that roster. So I felt okay with that. But so I have sixteen shares, but prior to that move, four of my teams were five and three. five were four and four, five were three and five. then I had a two and six, one and seven, oh and eight. There were only four out of seventeen teams that had a winning record. So the the Jimmy Garoppolo injury, when we look at it compared to the other injuries throughout the NFL and the way it changes the landscape, the Jimmy Garoppolo injury, it really doesn't change anything for the most part. It doesn't. And if you're a team that is, you know, the bottom of the standings, maybe you have a position player that's aging or you could package it together for Jimmy Garoppolo. Sure. No harm, no foul. But Jimmy Garoppolo He's not a player that's really going to get moved too often. I don't know, Mitch Dan. I don't know if you guys have a lot of shares. What have you seen at this point? And the way that your rosters are made up, are you moving him, acquiring him, or you just don't give a shit?
2: I think we're a little bit stuck right now. And I think you know, me personally, I missed a couple windows to move him. You know, there was I was a little wishy washy at certain points early in the season when it was like, you know what, Jimmy G and the Niners or Teddy Bridgewater in Carolina. And there's one that I think I could have probably got more Bridgewater shares early, and I kind of like the direction of the Carolina offense. Uh, now it's harder. You know, he's he's dead weight for a year. You're really going to have to find some fringe quarterback that might have better upside. And you know, to Mitch's point, I, I don't know if the Niners have a better option next year, so it might be better waiting now. It is a good organization. They are going to put good talent around them. Let them get healthy again, and then I think the next buy window that is out there, I think I would hop on it. We know they were looking at Brady last offseason, season and they decided to to pass up. That was one rumor that we heard kind of swirling pretty strong. He has two years left on his contract. I think he's like 20 some million dollars a year that they still have to pay him. So that, that could factor in there as well.
1: Mitch, what are your thoughts here on the contract? Because you you were very blunt in our DM earlier.
0: Yeah. I mean, I think They owe him 26 million pretty much over the next two years. You know, each year they owe him 26 million. Dead cap is hardly anything. But who are they gonna bring in that if it's a quarterback that is better than Jimmy Garoppolo, he's not gonna cost less than 26 million. I mean, 30 is probably the going rate for an average starter now, getting up to 35 for a good starter, unless they make some huge trade for a Matthew Stafford or Matt Ryan. I just don't see him moving anywhere, especially with their cap situation because they don't have a great cap situation right now. Can I say and we're getting sidetracked
1: here, but things are kind of crazy here. It doesn't matter. Let's just call a spade a spade. We have the best viewers, fans, bar none. We have Owen in the chat every fricking Tuesday night. He is in Ireland it is 2 a.m. there, and he's telling his buddies, his buddies tuned in last week. Dan, you and I, we jumped on early last week. Owen told his friends, his friends tuned in, and it was still like midnight there. That is commitment. That That is what the Dynasty Theory team and family brings you on a weekly basis. So, Owen, I want to say thank you, but because, Owen, you're always here, and your friend Jeff, I know you're in the same lead together, but we are going to give him advice right now. And Dan, you might remember him from last week. But Jeff says, "I know I asked this week, and you guys. Oh, and can I ask you in Ireland? Is you do do you guys do ye a lot? Ye like ye guys had a show. I, I've never seen that before. But but Jeff Jeff Corrigan." At Jeffrey Corrigan on Twitter is dropping the ye constantly. But, guys, he says he has Mahomes and Tua in a super flex dynasty league. He has a pick that is going to be 101 next year. Would ye guys, the Y-E again, again, <laughs> would you go with the, the, the can't miss quarterback Lawrence Um, or would you go running back? He also has Dobbin, Swift, Gibson. What do you guys think? I, I would go Lawrence. If you can't trade back, go with the absolute stud.
2: Yeah, I think Lawrence is special. He's been the guy I've been high on. I'm waiting for, I think, when we think of the number one pick. I even saved one pick in a, a draft. I do have one draft pick on a team that's going to be one, and I am saving it just to make sure I have at least one Trevor Lawrence share next year. Uh, you know, looking at quarterbacks now this year, we talk about who has that it factor, who's special. You know, Burrow's showing it. Herbert showing it. They've really showed some some pizzazz there. We were talking about Tua last week. A little underwhelming last weekend. You know, I'm hoping maybe the Jets fix everything. A softer schedule, softer games coming up. Um, you know, we'll see what he has, but I don't think he could pass on someone that special.
0: All right, so I'll have a tweet coming out later this week about Ooh, next year. Mitch, Mitch is going to drop some fire. Next year's first-round <laughs> picks, but Trevor Lawrence, without a shadow of a doubt, 101, because the fact is the guys behind him, I would rather have most of the 2019 guys, or sorry, the 2020 guys, more than the 21 guys. Because you look at it, CEH is better than Najee Harris, in my opinion. Um, You have Jonathan Taylor, better than ETN. You have Tua, better than Fields. And you could just go down the list. You have Lamb that's better than Chase. I mean, people can argue about it all you want, but we've seen these guys on the field. They're very good. That's not bringing up, Dobbins and Swift and all those guys. So it's definitely save the 101, get the best player that's gonna be in next year's draft, and the main one I want on my teams. Because the other guys, I could replace them with guys that are already in the NFL and I've already seen a play. Now I think the other option is trading one of the quarterbacks for a King's
1: ransom or trading the 101 for it. like if if you can get as people say, I I hate, I hate, I hate when people say a godfather offer i i, I hate it because it references the like you come the offer to me on, you can't refuse you come to me on the day of my daughter's wedding oh, and man. you are off, you offer me all of this for the 101 that is my that is my godfather impression and owen says the bastard the bastard jeff has the 101 owen I hope this guy's not your friend because man, I think you would stab him <laughs> in the back if you had the chance. But yeah, I, I think uh Trevor Lawrence, he is the 101. W- w- without a
0: doubt. Um yeah, he's a top eight quarterback coming out next year without playing a game of dynasty.
1: All right, before we move on to without a question, the biggest injury, especially in tight end premium leagues, Dan, Nick Mullins, the way we talked about Andy Dalton. And other quarterbacks that have taken over in the past due to injury, wh- where do you have him value-wise? If if you're a contender, are you gonna look for him? Let's say you had Dak. Let's say you had Dak and you had Dalton and now they're out. Do you pay for Nick Mullins? Do you go elsewhere? Um, you know, if, if you're not contending, what are you moving them for?
2: That's a loaded question, my friend. And, you know, as far as long-term prognosis, there, theres I, I am not high on Nick Mullins by any means. I look at him as a rental car, um, you know, a, a handcuffs the a slash rental car for 2020. If I had Dak or, if, you know, again, I'm in a need of a quarterback coming up this week. Oh, man. You know, if I needed to contend, it's the difference in winning and losing. I'd give as high as a second round draft pick. I I hate to do it; it still pains me a little bit. I'm I'm there. I'm there too. I'm there. But uh, but out of necessity, you know, I might try to move some lower end semi prospect and you know maybe a later draft pick if I can, if I have it on my roster, try to get creative. But second rounds kind of where I'm at. If if in need,
1: for me personally, just and Mitch will bounce it over to you. But just because of the way that my rosters are, and I'm trying to think of the the roster ship that I have, I might move, if possible, a Joshua Kelly in a third for Nick Mullins if I need a quarterback. And God knows the Bauer Club, we contend, we always contend. Mitch,
0: what are you thinking here? See, the problem is, I could say out of all of my dynasty leagues, there's maybe one that I need a, Mick Mullen, a Nick Mullins in. And can I call a timeout? Yep. I I will say out of all
1: three of us, me, Dan and Mitch and oh God, Dan, you know, I hate to do it. I hate to boost the egos of you two (laughs) at all, but I'm going through a lot of my teams and rosters. And I have a really fancy spreadsheet. I think I showed it last week, Mitch. I showed you the spreadsheet and it shows my quarterbacks in every single league. And truth be told, I'm in 69 leagues, dynasty leagues, and that's a coincidence. So don't, oh, JB 69. No, it's a coincidence. No, genuinely it is a coincidence because by next year I'll be in like probably 169. But uh, a lot of my teams, I have two really reliable quarterbacks. And I've been lucky up at this point because most of them, Josh Allen, Jared Goff, Matthew Stafford, Matt Ryan, but I can safely say he is not just talking out of his behind. Mitch came into the season in many of his leagues with three high end quarterbacks or four and one injury is not crippling him. So I can say in most situations, Mitch is not reaching for a Nick Mullins Oh my God, that pained me to pay you a compliment. <laughs> but Mitch, let's say that you are needing a Nick Mullins. What are your thoughts here?
0: If I'm in need, the problem is that offense, it's still such a running offense that he, even if Nick Mullins is good, say he's slightly better than Jimmy Garoppolo. He's giving you 12 to 13 to 14 points a week. Without Kittle, it's probably less than that. And so he just gives you such a low upside, especially in super flex leagues. I would rather start one quarterback and not start him in my superflex position and start a positional player over him. So if I had to give a second, it would, I would have to be a really good contender. I would have to be 210, 10 11 for me to want to give that up for him. And you know, for a fact that you're
1: getting six regular season weeks, like, you know, that Garoppolo is not coming back. It is Nick Mullins uh, position to lose, if you will. But, yeah, I I think that if you put yourself in a situation, you shouldn't need to acquire a player like Nick Mullins.
2: I think you got to look at your schedule, too. And, again, to to Mitch's credit, you know, he he, he pounded three quarterbacks and having that depth this season, you know, I I think we all have rosters that are, Fortunate enough that that followed Mitch's philosophy there. But I think we've also had some hard luck. You know, Mitch, before the show, you said you have one lineup, really good team. And between bye weeks and injuries, even your mustache man's hurt, uh you know, your, your quarterback list. So I think if those injuries are going to sustain long term, too, or if you're in the pinch like you are this week, you're, you're more likely to give up that second. You look at the 49ers' schedule. And to your point, Mitch, you know, the, the ceiling is low. We know how they run the offense. But again, if you have one quarterback, what if he gets hurt? If you want to start two quarterbacks, you get to weeks 14, 15, 16, you have a really good contender. He's going to play the Washington football team week 14. That could be nice. He plays the Cowboys week 15. To, to, to my painful heart and per your reaction, we know that is gold. And then the Cardinals probably in a shootout in the championship game versus uh, you know Kyler Murray week 16. So there's some upside there just if, if you're looking ahead.
1: Mitch, can you tell that the DFS guy is coming out here? He's already looking ahead at the weekly matchups. I'm like, all right, what can I do in 2024? And Dan's sitting here, all right, week week 16 at 3:30 p.m. This is my well, lineup.
2: Well, if I'm gonna trade some draft capital, I need to know I'm not like starting him versus the Baltimore Ravens right, or right. You, know, you know the Doomsday defense in week 16 in those critical weeks.
1: All right, Stephen says before we jump along to George Kittle, the Greek god George Kittle, Stephen says, should I give up a 2021 20, second for Drew Brees in a fourth rounder? Uh guys, he's all in. He has Brady, Keenan Allen, but he also has Minshew, Darnold. Makes him a little depressed. Uh if I'm contending, yes, I will pay that. Same. Same. As as you will often hear on Dynasty Theory, value doesn't win you championships that's right we will win you championships i I think that's our new tagline i i think we just i think we just found it right there all right guys george kittle he is out eight weeks with a broken bone in his foot mitch you had him in i don't know what percent of your dynasty leagues i had him in nine dynasty leagues i nine shares i moved him a few times today
0: but mitch what are your thoughts I had him on 23% of my rosters. It's a Fair amount. Fair amount for a really high tight end. So here's kind of my issue with George Kittle is how the 49ers use him and the style of play and how he likes to play. There's him and Kelsey in the top tier. There's no one close to them right now. But the problem is Kittle with this style of play, it's the most injury prone position in football is the tight end and how he plays. You could just see little nagging injuries keep happening each year to where he misses a couple games each year. You know what I mean? And when's the last time Travis Kelsey missed a game? 1937. Yeah. It was, it's been like five or six years. But the problem with Kelsey is he's 31 or 32 now. And so that age is, you would think is going to catch up at some point, but how the chiefs use him. It might not because they don't ask him to be in line and block and then go hit a route. Yeah. They do an amazing job with that. And so I'm actually trying to I've traded a fair amount of Kittle. And as he is my favorite player in the NFL. But the fact is, I don't know if I could count on him to be on my dynasty teams and carry me to championships. And that's what we want is championships. And so if I have to trade him, get 90% of his value to do it and get some pieces. I think that's something that we have to do. Dan, I don't know how much you can really
1: contribute to this. Just, just for the sheer fact, I know Mitch and I, we have a lot of George Kittle. So going over to you, what are your thoughts here? Because Mitch is willing to take a 90, well, uh, a 10% hit basically on his value for a contender. And if you're rebuilding, you're not going to move George Kittle. So Dan, you're in a lot of... uh Tight end premium leagues with us. What do you
2: think? Yeah, my condolences to to Mitch, John, anybody who has them, especially in premium leagues. It, it, it stinks. It just, it adds to the 2020 year of disaster injuries. And to me, like George Kittle is like the Dak Prescott of the tight ends for this year. You know, Dak was my favorite player. Like Mitch says, you know, hey, I love, I love Kittle. There's those guys that we just love building around. They're young. They're talented. They got the offense around them, the system. It all aligns. So I took that approach with Dak, and I would take it the same way with George Kittle. You know, do I want to move him? Am I going to give him away? Heck no. Did I trade my favorite player, Dak Prescott, away in a few leagues? Yes, I did. You know, and the reason I did would be the same reason I would move Kittle. Do I have a chance to win this year, and do I need to be good at that position? All right, we've talked about it in the past. Hey, you win this year, you're paying for a few years' worth of dynasty in in that league. So I want that opportunity, but I'm not going to do it to get – you know, Rob Gronkowski, who's a little bit older and's is only going to give me a few years. I'm not going to do it for Eric Ebron, who's, you know, a good, a good player to have with the Steelers this year. I'm going to have to get one of those guys in the top tier to make it worth it. And that's not going to be easy to do. But depending on in your league, where that other team is in the standings, um, you know, they love Kittle. They're willing to give you a, maybe a Kelsey, a Darren Waller, a Mark Andrews. I'm listening. I'm all ears. I'll try to find a way to negotiate a deal. Give myself an elite tight end that could help me win this year. And I won't be miserable that I lost Kittle next year. All
1: right, guys, as we do, typically, I'm going to throw out real trades that went through, not mock draft trades, not not mocks in general. Mitch, you like that reference, I think. But in a two PPR tight end premium league, I moved George Kittle for Antonio Gibson, Robert Woods, and Logan Thomas. So I moved a first round talent in that format to PPR for three guys that can help me win today. I'm five and three. I'm in fourth place. It's one of the DLF championship series. You get the points in three years, there's a $1,000 prize poll. Again, Value doesn't win you championships. Dynasty theory does. Mitch, what do you think about that? Because I I actually thought you were going to be a little bit low on that.
0: No, I like that one, especially because you brought up how that league setting works. When you're in that DLF championship series, if you have one bad year, your chance of winning that $1,000 after three years is pretty much out the window. And so if you have a guy like Kittle, you move him and you probably got 85 to 90% of his full value, which is fair, because if you're competing, you win that championship this year, you could go and try to trade for him next year. You know, it's not like you can't go and move any of these pieces for more pieces. Like I moved Saquon and Kittle in one league today, just because the return I was getting was really good. And I think that's something that you have to be willing to do is if you're in leagues, especially if they have potential points in them, you don't want to be taking zeros. Like you want to move that. And the good thing is with George Kittle, a lot of people still want him on their team. So you can send out an offer. And if it's close, I had so many counters today when previously I tried to move like Saquon Barkley, I got rejections and then nothing in return. I can safely say that in tight end premium leagues
1: in January, February, March startups, George Kittle, his value is not going to be far removed from where it was last year. Dan, let me ask you a question. I made a trade. Surprise, surprise. (laughs) Two PPR for tight ends. I'm a contender. Again, surprise, surprise. I moved Jimmy Garoppolo and George Kittle for Matthew Stafford and Keenan Allen. I also have
2: Darren Waller. Having Waller helps me sleep well at night if I'm making that trade there. Um
1: so so I'm moving two pieces that will not play the rest of the regular season for Matthew Stafford and Keenan Allen.
2: Yeah, Stafford's solid, Keenan Allen's underrated, you know, top top tier receiver, and you you're still left with Waller. That I think that fits our definition of a win now trade. That you're still feeling good about next year and it's a fair trade it's good for both owners i mean it's it's that that's a solid trade both of those examples you gave jb i think were solid win-win trades for both ball clubs
1: they are both situations where if you found a trade calculator i would have lost and guess what i put it into a few trade calculators prior to the offer i lost but i knew that it helped me now and again We're looking to win money,
0: win championships. Mitch, what are you laughing at? I think that's the fourth time in the last 10 minutes you've mentioned that. It's true, but I like it. I like (laughs) it. All right.
1: all right. Uh, So I have nine shares of George Kittle coming into today. I was six and two in one league, five and three in five leagues, four and four, three and five, two and six. I shipped him off in three of the leagues. I was six and two and then five and three and two of them. So if I'm a contender, I'm moving him. I, I got an offer in the one league that I'm two and six. It was like I, Jason Witten and a running back. And I'm like, what? Come again? And and we've talked about it. Know your league mates and the roster construction. If it makes sense, yeah. But sometimes it doesn't. So,
2: uh, I, I'd offer one more piece of advice, and that would be By Ross Dwelly. If you talk to any 49ers fan, they are high on this kid. They they, that they feel tight end is a position strength of their offense. And I say that from a perspective: one, he's going to start. He's going to get targets. He can't hurt your roster on, on the back end of it. Two, maybe before you do trade George Kittle, say you're maybe not lucky as JB, who's kicking up his feet with all this wheeling and dealing he's doing over there. You know, maybe I wait to see if I get Dwelly on the, the free agent wire if he's not taken in my league, not panic, keep Kittle for next year and survive with Ross Dwelly this year. So maybe, is,
1: Jordan Reed, is Jordan Reed dead?
2: I don't know when he's coming back, and even if he does come back, he, he can get hurt again. You know, hey, if I have Reed still on my roster, that's great, but I still want Dwelly. I want to ha- hedge all my bets and just I am owning the San Fran tight end position moving forward if I can.
1: I think Reed – wait, Seth – holy cow. Seth Gordon says I'm guessing Bauer has a lot of – I don't. I actually have very close to zero dwelling. I'm going to dwell on that for a little bit. But Jordan Reed, higher ceiling, if he's healthy, he's the guy. Mitch, any thoughts here?
0: Wait, I'm looking it up right now. Is Jordan Reed coming back? I thought Jordan Reed was like out, out.
1: I, I thought, no, he he's listed as injured now.
0: Oh, well, sweet. That's yeah. that's good for my roster teams because I have a lot of jewelry too. <laughs> All right,
1: guys, do you have anything else on George Kittle? The way we're navigating and maneuvering around, if you have him, if you don't have him, contender, rebuild. And we do this a lot on the show, and I'm sure you've noticed, when a big-time player goes down, We talk about what we would do as a rebuilder contender because guess what? It's always relevant and we don't want to see people making moves all willy nilly. If it puts you in uh, the contender spot, sure. Let's talk about it, but otherwise we have to reevaluate. So uh, Mitch, Dan, any other thoughts before we move on here?
0: The last thing that I'll mention is you might see some people talking about trying to trade Kittle because he's the tight end one for a lot of people trying to trade Kittle for Kelsey or trying to trade Kittle for Waller. The problem is those teams are probably already competing. And so trying to trade Kittle to a competing team is never, ever going to work. There's just no reason for them to move a tight end. who's Because the tight end possession is horrible outside of like the top six or seven guys. And so if you have one of those guys, you're not going to move him unless you're a rebuild team. And then you get Kittle. You know, I just don't see any contending teams trading for Kittle at this point, but that was the only thing I was going to put up.
1: All right. So I have a few things there, but we have a very important question. Seth says, do you want to start Trump or Biden in my flex? Listen, Seth, they are both older than Frank Gore. Get them out of your flex. You're not starting them. Anyway, (laughs) I do want to revisit one topic from last week. And Dan, you and I, we, we talked about it last week and, can I can I say, Mitch, cover your ears. We got rave reviews from last week's show. People loved it. Uh, listen, I'm not saying it's because Mitch wasn't on the show. I'm not saying that. A little bit. I'm not saying that. But we talked about how often do we adjust our rankings or tiers. And Mitch, you're the tier guy. Every time you're around, we shed a few tears. So tell us about it. <laughs> God, I'm on a roll tonight. Holy cow. (laughs) Holy cow. Our poor listeners, man. (laughs) All right, Mitch. So how often are you adjusting your rankings of tiers? Because
0: Dan and I, we, we said basically like once a week. Yeah, so actually I have a whole tier list that goes like 40 deep on quarterbacks, 75 deep on wide receivers, all broken up in tiers with the updated points. And I was pretty lazy over the last three weeks and I didn't update it. I had to spend eight hours to update it this past week before this last weekend's games. Like It was a horrible idea. But, and I'm not a rapid react guy. I'm not like, hey, someone had a good week. I got to bump him up. It's just injuries have happened so much this year. I've started adding in the 21 rookies into them. And there's just so much small movements here and there. But the big reason why I do it is someone hits you with a trade. They're like, hey, Miles Sanders for Miles Sanders and Julio Jones for Josh Jacobs and Amari Cooper. I'm like, okay, you know, I could go look at their schedule, see how it goes. But if I have the running backs in the same tier, the wide receivers in the same tier, there's no reason for me to do the trade in the first place.
1: Mitch, really quick, real quick, can I say somebody shot me a message earlier and said, Would you trade Miles Sanders for Josh Jacobs? I didn't tell you that. It's
0: That's just funny. so funny that you brought those guys up. There's no reason to. I mean, unless you're just looking at the next five weeks in fantasy, somehow one of them has a better schedule than the other one. Going into next year, there's going to be very little difference between the two. It's going to be personal preference. And so there's no big reason to make that trade unless you just see this guy has a slam schedule for the next five weeks and the other guy doesn't. So Dan and I, we talked about
1: weekly, but I do want to th- – There's there's a reason I wanted to bring it up because you look at, let's talk about wide receivers and the lack of consistency. And I feel like this year more than ever, there has been so much more variance week to week. And there's there are people that are doing incredible things with consistency. Mitch, when we were super flexology, we had Bob Lung on the show and he has the consistency Guide manual, like he, he, it is the Bible of consistency. But this year, look at just one week, one week difference. DJ Moore, Tyler Lockett, Adam Thielen, Justin Jefferson, Amari Cooper. One bad or good game is going to swing you one way or the other. I mean, we had CD Lamb as the wide receiver. One, I say we, the fantasy community. But now, where is he? Probably wide receiver five, six, seven. It changes so quickly. So I think we need to be very cautious about how quickly we change, guys, because especially this year, the variance, the weekly consistency, it is going to change so rapidly. Dan, do you have any adjustments here from what we said last
2: week? I think I'm going to have Mitch travel from Utah to Pennsylvania and just do my rankings for me here because, you know, mine are in my head, man. So I I give you kudos there for the eight hour project. And and I know they do take a lot of time. We've all spent a ton of time on our rankings in the the offseason. I think it's important to understand the difference between weekly matchups and offensive game plans versus just poor production or decline. You know, I, I try to project the direction of the organization next year. If we're talking like true dynasty rankings where we're looking at them going into next year, you know, I think Michael Gallup's going to be fine. You know, I think, you know, Dak comes back, they fix the O-line, he's going to be a good receiver. Where T.Y. Hilton may not be. You know, he's officially dead to me after last week. You know, you're you're talking to DFS Dan instead of Coach Dan right now. You know, I'm, I'm looking at those weekly matchups and knowing, hey, you know, when is Amari Cooper, you know, not going to hit his ceiling, but you know, hey, he's still a good wide receiver, he's going to be fine versus this guy. We're really starting to, you know, someone we're starting to question. So, I think it's really important to know that week to week versus just you know, dropping them off the rankings cliff because you're mad and they didn't produce and then you trade them and you're regretting it later on. One guy that we, we're going to talk about
1: on Fantasy Football Confidential tomorrow night at nine o'clock, Dante Wallet. I hope I pronounced that correctly. He says, what are your thoughts on Corey Davis, hold or sell in Dynasty? Corey Davis has to be seen as one of the top four breakout candidates here in 2020, right? I mean, he did nothing his first three seasons. And now Corey Davis, he's up there with A.J. Brown. He His points per game, it's like 16 PPR points per game. It's all very circumstantial. If I'm contending... Corey Davis, give me the points. Give me the points.
2: I'm so I'm so depressed. This goes back to John's pre-show notes of kick dan while he's down. Cause I like just Corey Davis truther, harping him, you know, so many shares, trading for him. Tyreek Hill went through that disaster. I think we had some trade with Corey Davis, uh, Mitch, you know, while I was at the gym one time. Uh and, and I just I I sold, sold, sold. And, you know, I still have unfortunately shares of like Sammy Watkins on my roster, but but no Corey Davis shares. But uh, he is looking good, and he's – the way that offense is this year, he's going to continue to get targets. And I think in weeks where maybe A.J. Brown especially has a tough matchup, you're going to see some nice games from Corey Davis.
1: A.J. Brown is so good. He demands so much focus. But Corey Davis has been really good. Maybe it's Ryan Tannehill just like something clicking. But what are your thoughts,
2: if, if, let me just add one more thing there before you go, Mitch, if I can. And it, it frustrates me because I had this vision going into the year that this Tennessee offense was going to take that next jump. Check, correct. You know, Tannehill could be a little bit sneaky. He, he's looking good, like you said. Yeah, but yeah, I, wait, I, I have this. Dan, Dan I'm sorry,
1: but we, we own our misses. I own my miss. I said this offense was going to be crap. I said that. I said that on Dynasty Theory. So I, I own that miss. I own it.
2: Yeah, it's see but the vision you know I'm, I'm happy that i was right on the spike but i have this offense is going strictly through henry brown and johnnu and instead it's Corey davis instead of johnu Giannu, because john's just not getting the volume he had some good games early i'm hoping maybe he's still just a little hobbled from that injury and he has some good games ahead but davis is getting much more target share than i anticipated
1: john who's still top 10 tight end though
2: that's from early production in the season. It, it hasn't been paying off uh, in quite some time here. So, and DFS Dan's still a little salty again from last week because I was hoping this was the week that Jono came through, and and instead I didn't have enough uh, cojones to say, "Hey, Corey Davis," and I had him in a lineup or two, and I took him out.
1: So Great. All right, Mitch. Before, so back to the tiers and the rankings. Mm-hmm. Do, do you think that we should be more cautious about adjusting rankings or tiers? on one or two good games. Cause we've seen the fluctuations.
0: They are wild. The problem is, is when we adjust the tiers off the stats, when we adjust them off the box scores, that's an issue. Take someone like DK Metcalf, right? You watch DK Metcalf play and each week you're like, okay, he needs to move up the rankings. And it's not because he's catching a 40 yard bomb. It's because you're watching him and he's taking a 10 yard pass and running 50 yards, doing stuff that, you know, during the draft process, we never thought he'd be able to do. And then you look at someone like Justin Jefferson, who everyone bumped into that top five, right? Jefferson looks awesome. But I don't think we see that kind of DK Metcalf upside from him. Uh, We don't see DeAndre Hopkins from him. We see him in great matchups. He's able to do really well. And that's good. That's what a lot of wide receivers do. But I try to only move up guys When I see the talent is actually doing it and not based off, like Dan said, good game script. Maybe the quarterback was injured, and so he just did really well there. But I try to do it more based off talent than just being like, oh, look, this guy got 120 yards last week. Let's bump him up to the next tier. Thank you, Mitch. I want to say
1: thank you. You're welcome. Because every week I look for the perfect clip, and the clip that I'm going to put on Twitter and that is oh. it right there.
0: That's it. It was it was perfect. It was flawless. I that love was it. You. Yeah, it, it was set up for me. I appreciate it.
1: It was very good.
0: Um, last thing I want to talk about because believe
1: it or not, I'm guilty. I for for once I made a fantasy mistake. I did it. I wouldn't talk about patience as a contender because there was one league where I packaged up, and oh my God, did I package up. It was J.K. Dobbins, T. Higgins, who I love. I love T. Higgins. And what I thought was going to be a late 2021
2: first. (sighs) See where this is going.
1: (laughs) For Jonathan Taylor. This was over a month ago, and I thought it was – Dan, you talk about an alley oop. I thought it was an alley oop. And guess (laughs) what? There are many that would rather have J.K. Dobbins straight up today over Jonathan Taylor. So T. Higgins, the first, that is gravy. That is the, I'm not joking. I actually have sat there and I've thought about this trade. I, I live, breathe, and die fantasy football, just like you, Mitch, just like you, Dan. But I've thought about this trade so many times. It eats away at me. My wife's like, hey, hon, do you want to get pizza tonight? I say, no, this trade is my meal tonight. (laughs) That's what that's what I say. But but Dan, what what are your thoughts here on patience as a contender? Because you're rebuilding. Uh, Yeah, you can be a little patient, but you're a contender. You want to pounce. You want to make those moves. You want to get those points. What are your thoughts on this?
2: Man, you, you give me, like, like, again, kick Dan while he's down. Here he is. I'm having, like, post-traumatic here, like, flashbacks of me going for the title and saying Kamara's been terrible for all these weeks. I'm going to get Red Hot Chris right. Carson off John, and he'll still be good next year. And Mark Ingram with that Ravens offense that looked incredible last year. And that's then actually that, is- That's actually a perfect example from last year. That is the exact feeling that you are describing to me now. That there is not a week that goes by that I don't think about that trade and say, "Why was I not more patient?" And I have little glimmers of Chris Carson still looking good, and I'm like, I'm not feeling like horrible every week. But can, can, can you he, can you elaborate to our listeners
1: really really quick? J-
2: just paint the picture here of that trade from last year. Um, yeah. Yeah, so so I was in I was cruising in the league. I really, you know, contender chance at a championship. Um, again, I, I, I think you were
1: you were like ten and one or eleven and two or something.
2: I had a very good record, and I was very impatient with Alvin Kamara. Uh, you know, little did I not completely know because of my impatient. And of course, the Saints aren't going to say anything because he was battling an injury, and it, and that was a lot of the issue. So Chris Carson was hot. Mark Ingram and the Ravens offense was hot and I'm thinking two running backs for the for a struggling one I did the DFS Dan and I looked at the the week's 14 15 16 schedule looked really nice for Carson and Ingram and it blew up in my face because the second I traded Kamara he got hot and this year he's still a lot younger than Ingram who's like toast now Carson's still good but he can't stay healthy um and, and it was the impatient piece that that cost me and I think you know, hey, I, I know what you were seeing this year in Jonathan Taylor. The hype was there. We're seeing that great Colts offensive line, and the expectations were high, and you you bid on it, man. And, probably, you know, impatient, too. T. Higgins is another one. You know, he wasn't really that enticing early in the year, but that what we saw, what you saw in him potentially going into the year is starting to come into fruition right now. So that, that I'm sure makes it even more painful for you. And now if you talk about that number one draft pick also, now it's looking uh, like it could be more attractive for that team. Yeah, I keep drinking that wine. Mitch,
1: what are your thoughts here? Because, again, I, I, I don't want to say it, but I'm going to say it. There are plenty of Dynasty shows and Dynasty analysts. We're not analysts. We are people that give advice that could help you win money. That's, that's the way I see it. But there are plenty of people out there that would never bring up their misses. But here at Dynasty Theory, it is – we have hits. Trust me. We have hits. We talk about it. We brag about it, but we talk about our misses just as much. And I I, I think that's important to, to focus on because it helps you improve your process and how to improve as a dynasty player. So I got impatient there, Mitch. What are your overall thoughts on that?
0: It's the problem is it's you look at it as a contender, right? But M- you have- M- Mitch is just going to throw up, right? He's like, you know, it's hard because we look at like, I traded Kittle in three leaks today, right? Kittle in my mind is the tight end one, if not the tight end two at worst in dynasty. I can look at these trades in six months and be like, what in the hell was I doing? But at the same time. I'm in contention in all of those leagues. All of those leagues, I have a chance to win a championship and win money. So if I have to take the chance today to win, I'm willing to do it. I'm not going to do it on a two and five team and go and trade Kittle for no reason. But sometimes you have to make those chances because all the ones that we don't hit on, we just have to hit on more than we miss on. Just like I picked up a lot of Antonio Brown shares in 2019. Dan knows, Dan gave me crap for it for a long time. Those didn't pan out at all. At the same time, I picked up a ton of Tyreek Hill shares at the same time. Those worked out perfectly. And so, guilty y- off of me? Off of you. Off of me. I think I got it for like a late third or a second. Yeah, a second. So, whatever it was. But that's what you have to do. You have to take shots. And it's not going to win. You're not going to be able to put it on any calculator and win on a lot of these. But sometimes you just have to go with your gut feeling. And when you're right, that's how you win the money. Because the fact is, if you build your team strictly off value, you go, this is the perfect pick. This is the perfect pick. We can't trade this because it's not the perfect trade. You're going to be an average team because that's what everybody else is doing. You need to step up and be able to make hopefully educate, educated guesses. And win some trades that way, even though on the calculators and Twitter, you won't win the trade through the polls or the value charts. And Dan, you know what's
1: coming.
0: Final thoughts.
1: What do you have for our listeners heading into week nine?
2: You've got me all kind of uh, jacked up right now, ready to make some trades. Like I'm feeling that energy coming through the the microphone.
1: Should we do a three hour show? I'm going
2: to start looking at. should, Should
1: we do a three hour show? (laughs)
2: <laughs> yeah, I know you can. Uh, Mitch, and I, Mitch and I are like looking at, you know, our, our wives are calling JB, but man, food closing thoughts, you know, I just, I'm ready to watch some film, look at what roles these running backs are going to have around Jonathan Taylor next year and uh, see what the beat reporters are saying to make some educated decisions. You, you really got to look at it all. But final thoughts, it is make it or break it week coming up here, I believe. You know, we talked in weeks past about being patient and all that. I, right here tonight, Coach FF, Coach Dan, I'm looking at some rosters. I've had some DAC adversity. I've got some real strong contenders, and I, I, I think I may have a few pretenders. After this week, it is either contender or rebuild time. I'm declaring it now. I might be throwing up the white flag here or there and making some more uh, decisions, not hasty ones, but some more educated decisions coming up. So let's, let's take some hard look at the rosters and some upcoming episodes of Dynasty Theory.
0: Mitch, what do you have? I'm just going to say, do what Dan said because he did perfect there and I can't beat it. So yeah, do whatever Dan says. We want to thank everybody for tuning in. Make sure you follow the
1: show on Twitter and Instagram at Dynasty Theory FF. Stay safe. Be kind to each other. Unless you're Dan, get a little rude.